Hello, and welcome to Cross Life Church in El Dorado, Arkansas. We pray that this message from our lead pastor, Chester Passmore, will encourage and challenge you in your walk with Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at www.crosslifechurcheldo.com. Thank you again for listening. Bible's ready in John 8. I have a lot, a lot of scripture today. And what the tendency is when you have a lot of scripture is to kind of just kind of fade off into the distance. If you can intently focus on a football game or the, uh, the prospect of a deer walking out, if you can intently focus on anything, intently focus on this sermon this morning. This is I feel like this, this sermon is burning in my heart, and I want to get it out, and I want you to focus with me, but we're going to have to use the Word to do it, which is a good thing. How many of y'all like the Bible? Okay, how many of y'all love the Word of God? I'm telling you, I love the Word of God. It, it, it's alive. It talks to me. Amen? So, stay focused. In the beginning was the Word. How many know who that is? That's right. You can never go wrong in a sermon or in Sunday school. If you don't know what to say, just say Jesus out loud and you're going to get it right. The Word is Jesus. He was, the Word was with God and the Word was God. Just time out. Uh, this is why, and, and I'm not trying to just take a rabbit trail, but this is why you have to be careful a Mormon will come and put a, a, a book of Mormon in your hand and start reading this same scripture. And it will say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Was the Word a God? No. The Word is God. He's not the brother of Satan. He's not one of many deities. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is God. He is the son of man. He is the son of God. He is my God. Amen? And so you have to be careful because there's it's, it's, it's real close and it sounds right, but it isn't right. So pay attention, folks. Verse 2 says this. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, just keep on rolling. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was, everybody say this word out loud, life. And the life was the, say this word out loud, light of men. Time out, one second. Okay, go ahead. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it. Did not comprehend it, okay? So, first thing I want to say is today's message is, if you're looking at the posters, it's the back far corner back there. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. I am the light of the world. And as I've said before, and I'll say again, in light is the life of God. So, when that light comes, the darkness does not comprehend it. 
Darkness does not comprehend light. Okay, that, that word comprehend is not just I, I fail to completely understand it or, you know, it, it's not the, 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 the picture of someone who, who has the inability to mentally go there. It's, it's the light can't grab, it's the darkness can't grab a hold of it. It's, it's the, the literal biblical translation is to lay hold of it. The darkness can't lay hold of what the light is presenting. So light never, it, it, light drives away darkness. This is why you must be born again because it's not just a simply a matter of getting darkness out of your life. It's a matter of replacing darkness with light. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. So it's not enough just to be moral. It's not enough just to not sin. You have to be, you have to be able to comprehend and lay hold of the light of God in your life. So let's start on that basis right now. The darkness cannot grab a hold of it. It can't lay hold of the light. Let's start with John chapter 8. We've got a lot of scripture here. So just stay with me. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. Say that with me. I am the light of the world. What is, who is Jesus? You might say he's my savior, he's my deliverer, he's my king, he's my lord, he's my friend, he's my, he, you, might, you might have a, a hundred different things you identify Jesus as, but one thing that's absolutely appropriate is Jesus is the light of the world. Okay? So, Jesus is on the scene, he spoke to the people and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to, say it, life. If you look at all these posters, I am the good shepherd, I am the vine, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. That light, he's saying right now, leads to life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the, she I am the sheep gate. No one comes to the gate. Anyone who comes to the gate finds, the scripture says, life. The second most prevalent theme after the, the theme of I am, which is the same thing that God revealed himself in Exodus, Jesus is revealing himself as God in the New Testament in the same manner as I am. But the second most prevalent theme is the theme of life. And hear me now, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. If we don't have life on our tongue, then we don't have I am in our heart. We're speaking a lot of death, we're speaking a lot of negativity, we're speaking a lot of woe and destruction. But I'm telling you, we've got to, be get, the, we've got to get the light of life inside of us and then out of us will come hope and life. Amen. So let's speak life. The one thing God's trying to get across when he's revealing Jesus to the world is this is the way to life. So, verse 13, Jesus says, of the Pharisees replied, you are making those claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Now, verse 14, everything hangs on this. I need you to pay attention, okay? Jesus told them, these claims are valid even though I make them about myself. Jesus says, 
for I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. You don't know. Why? Because the darkness can't, can't lay a hold of it, can't comprehend it. So right now, the focus is about God incarnate, Jesus Christ, knowing who he is and where he came from and why he's there versus a people who see him but can't lay a hold of him. Y'all there? So he says, uh, you don't know this about me. I know where I came from. Where did he come from? It's okay to shout in this church. Jesus. <laughs> where did he come from? Heaven. From God. From the Father. Right? Where is he going? Back to the Father through the cross, through the grave, through resurrection. Okay? All right. You don't know this about me. You see me. Darkness, you see me. I'm shining, but you don't understand who I am. You judge me by human standards, but not. But I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Who sent Jesus? The Father. Thank you. You lay your, your own law says that two people agree about something. Their witness, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness. And my Father who sent me. See, in the first, in verse 14, he says, I know where I came from, heaven. I know why I'm here and where I'm going, what to do. And I know why I'm here. Father sent me. It's, I know what, I know who, I know why. Some of the hardest, look at me, some of the hardest questions in our life to answer are the what's and the who's and the why's. And Jesus is standing there, I say, I know what I am. I know whose I am. I know why I'm here. You can't see it in darkness, but I know. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. Keep on rolling. Where is your Father, they asked. Jesus answered, since you don't know who I am, you don't know who my Father is. If you knew me, you would also know my Father. Jesus made these statements while teaching in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. So he's got, he's got a time, he's got a why, a when, his time. Am I, am I making any sense to anybody? He's got a why he's there, a what he's there to do. He's got a who he came from, a, a where he came from. He's got a time frame. Jesus knows. He never doubted. He didn't have questions. He knew why he was on the earth, who sent him, what he was there for, and what he was going to do, and why he was going to do it. This is, look at me, this is the breakdown in the body of Christ. It seems like we're constantly trying to figure out what to do. Why am I here? Why is this happening? Y'all out there this morning? Whoa. Who? God, is, is this from you? 
Jesus never asked these questions. He had this confidence in who he was, what he was doing, why he was there. He had a single purpose and mission of his life and everything and defined it. So he could go through the best of days and he could go through the worst of days, but he could go through them because he understood who he was, whose he was, why he was there, and what he had to accomplish, and when he had the time to do it. Well, I'm, thank you, thank you. Let's go to verse 20. Let, right, let's go to the next verse, which happens to be John 9 in the original text. There is no chapter 9. It's just the story just continues. So Jesus was walking along. He saw a man who'd been blind from birth. He just reveals himself to the pharisaical darkness and says, I am the light of the world. And, he, and now he's going to illustrate the fact that he is the light of the world. As he's walking, Jesus saw a blind man who'd been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Did y'all see it? The question is, why? This is what humanity does. The who, what, why, when, where. This is what we do. And I'm to look at me. If I could say one thing to you, I want to say this. Jesus is the answer to your who, what, why, when, and where. Do you hear me? Why, God, why, Jesus, is this man born blind? Was it because of his own sin or his parents' sin? It's exactly what we do in religious circles. The first thing we're going to attack is the sin. God does deal with sin. Somebody say amen. God, part of the light shining in the darkness is to reveal hidden, uh, hidden things. Uh, how many of y'all know that the Bible says, look at me, how many know the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out? Amen? But there's a bigger question rather than, was it sin? The question here is this. Jesus' response is this, verse 3. It was not because of sin or his parents' sin. Jesus answered, this happened, why? I don't, I, I like this so the power of God could be seen, but a better translation so that the glory of God could be revealed. Oh, look, at, look at me, everybody, fix eyes on Chester right now. I want to tell you right now the purpose of your life. I want to tell you right now why you're on this earth. I want to tell you right now why everything in this world is happening and why it's happening to you. I want to tell you right now if we could sum every question down to one statement and one answer, I've got it for you this morning. The answer is so that the glory of God can be revealed. Whether it's whether it's prosperity, whether it's trial, whether it's good, whether it's difficult, whether it's, whether it's the mountaintop or whether it's the valley, the same answer is true for everybody. Whatever you're walking in right now, if you're following Jesus, there's one reason why you're walking through it. It's because the glory of God is going to be revealed in you. You hear me? So, let's go on. Verse 4. We must quickly, we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent. Who is the one who sent Jesus? So Jesus kind of adds to the conversation. 
Pay attention, disciples. He says, this is why I'm here. But now he's not using a singular pronoun. Now he says, this is why we're here. Quickly carry out the task assigned to us. Jesus is the head of his church. How many, look at me, the body of Christ is still on the earth. It's the body of Christ. It is the church. It is the family of God. We must quickly, there's a time frame. We must quickly, now, the time is now to carry out the task that by the, uh, assigned by the one who sent us, that God has given us. Look at me, the church, the body of Christ, has a who, has a what, has a why, has a when. Who sent us, the Father has put us together. I'm not just talking about Cross Life Church, even though that's true. I'm talking about the body of Christ on the earth. The, we are the collective body of Christ on the earth. He has assembled his church. He has assembled his bride. He has put us together for such a time as this that we would carry out the task of the one who sent us. Verse 5. While I'm here in the world, I'm the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Verse 6. Then he spit on the ground. John 1 said, in the beginning was the word. What happened in the beginning? Creation. The I am the light of the world. What was the first what was the first act of creation? Let there be light. Um, Sister Decasas, I like the way she says it better. She, she says, it's not a question, let there be. She says the proper rendering is, light be. I like that. How many of y'all like that? It's not a question as, as, as if, uh, hey, you think that we can turn on the light switch on now? No, it's light be, light. That's the power of God. That's the glory of God. Amen. In the new heavens and the new earth, there, is, there won't be a light because the, the lamb that is the light will light up the city. Are y'all there? So he spit on the ground just like in the beginning when the light came and, and, and six days later they created man and, and, and man was made in the image of God and man could lay hold of the light because he could comprehend because there wasn't darkness in him. Y'all following me? So Jesus is here standing in front of a blind man as the light of the world, and he goes back to a creative miracle that he was there in the beginning. Now he's there now that the glory of God might be displayed, and he honks a big loogie on the ground. He reaches down and plays with it. Never lose your childlike faith. Okay, so, so, uh, so there he is, and, he, and he's playing in the mud, and then he takes that mud and he wipes it on these blind man's eyes. He told him, now, go, is the man healed at this point? Now, he's blind as a bat. Blind as a bat. Not only is he blind as a bat, he's now got spit mud all over his face. Jesus says to him, go and hold, uh, uh, stay in your skin, Chester. Stay in your skin. Jesus where did he come from? The Father. Why did he come? He says it because the Father 
sent me. Jesus is the original sent one. What is an apostle? A sent one. Jesus, the original sent one, goes back to creation, puts mud on a blind man's eyes, and tells him, now go wash into the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Are y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? Is it giving you that feeling too? Okay, maybe not. Okay, go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means sent. So the man went and washed in the place called sent. Because he was touched by a man who was sent from God. Who knew why he was there. To do the works of the one who sent him. (laughs) And he goes and he sends him to, to the place of being sent to wash. And it's only when he goes to sent is he able to receive his sight. I'm going to come back to this later. I came back saying, verse 8, put a bookmark right there. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, "Uh, who is this dude? Isn't he the one that was blind and used to beg? Verse 9, let's keep rolling. Some said he he was and others said he was not. No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, I'm that guy, right? Okay, nah. Verse 10, okay, uh, verse 10, they ask him, well, then who healed you? Are y'all seeing it yet? Why are you here? Who did this, mom and dad? Well, then who healed you? Who, what, why, when, where? Are y'all seeing it? Okay, good. Thank you, Reggie, for getting healed of corona and coming back and seeing it because nobody else is seeing it. Okay, all right. So who healed you? What happened? The sent one happened to you. He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam, the sent pool, and wash yourselves. So I went and washed. And now I can see, where is he now? (laughs) Where is he now? Who is, where is who, what, where, why, when? Are y'all with me? This is what humanity does. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, the man replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. Uh Uh-oh, because Jesus made a big mistake. Because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. You did work on the Sabbath. You little... Jesus spit on the ground, used his hands to create mud and put it on a man's hand, head. That disqualifies him, according to the religion of mankind, from being from God. Let me ask you this question. Where is the command of the Sabbath from? God. Let me ask you another question. Do you think this was what God had in his heart when he gave that command? That you could heal a man from blindness on the Sabbath and it be considered breaking the law? You think that's what God had in his heart when he gave the Sabbath rest? Come unto me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Jesus is the Sabbath. But what man does is take the things of God and pervert them. You hearing me? 
to where we don't even know why, when, where, how, who. All we know is our system of religion. I'm, I'm, I'm Stay in your skin, Chester. The, the Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put mud over my eyes. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath, verse 16. Others says, but how could an ordinary sinner, do they know who he is? How could a sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Verse 17, the Pharisees, the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind, who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion? Because that's going to solve the who, what, why, when, where question of eternity and the cosmos of God is, what do you think? What's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. Okay? The 18, verse 18, the Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind. There's got to be a better exclamation other than God come to earth and did what God does. The Jewish leaders refused to believe the man had been blind, had been blind could now see, so they called his parents, you know, the ones that must have sinned. His parents stand before the Pharisees, and this is what they say. Look, we know this is our son, and we know he was born blind. We don't know who, what, when, why, where, how, how. <laughs> Y'all with me? How? I don't know why. I can't lay, <laughs> there's darkness in my heart and I can't lay hold of the light. Okay. We don't know how he can see, or we don't know who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. Remember that. It's a threat. Anybody who's saying Jesus is the Messiah, you're kicked out of the, of the organization called church. You're kicked out of the synagogue. Are y'all with me? So they don't want to get kicked out. So this is what mom and dad say. You know what? Uh, we know that was our son. We know he was blind. You know what? He's a, he's a big boy. Ask him. Leave me out of this. Verse 23. That's why they said he's old enough. Ask him. Verse 24. For the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, <laughs> Read this sentence. Can you imagine looking at that blind man and saying, listen, God ought to get the glory. Well, yeah, uh, it was kind of God who did it. Y'all see what I'm saying? They're so blind that they, don't even, that they cannot see that what they say they want in their heart is Standing right there. The power of God, the glory of God, the manifestation of God is right there. And what they say they want. This is what religion does. It cries out that it wants something, but is blind to the authentic thing standing right in front of it. 
and, and they think they're holding this standard. They think they're holding the standard of righteousness and saying, God ought to get the glory. Ah, we're jealous for God. You're blinded. And you don't understand that God is getting the glory because he's the one who did it. Are you all with me? So for the second time, they called in the man who had been born blind and told him God should get the glory for this because we know. <laughs> yes, do you know? Because we know. Because religion has the answers to who, what, why, when, where. Except they don't have the answers. Now out there, that this man, this man, we know of all the things we don't know, which is how you how you are faking this miracle because you're a con man of where this boy came from, where that Jesus man came from, of all the things we don't know, let me tell you one thing we do know. Jesus is a sinner. Y'all reading my Bible too? I mean, come on, Pharisees. Of all the things you care to admit freely that you don't know, you're going to land on the one thing is the one man who can lay hands on the blind and see them recover. You're going to call him a sinner and you say you know it. That's what religion does. Are y'all with me? How, uh, wait, 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 verse 25. I don't know. The, the man speaks up, and this is where I really begin to like this man. Because this is when he gets a little gumption about him, and he has the spiritual gift of sarcasm to start coming out. How many of y'all have the spiritual gift of sarcasm? Okay, y'all pray for it. If you don't have it, you can get it. Okay. Verse 25, I don't know where this man, he's a sinner, the man replied. But I know this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was blind, but now I can see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Y'all out there? I once was blind, but now I can see. There's lots of questions I may not be able to answer about this man, Jesus, but there's one thing I can say. I was blind, but now I can see. How many of y'all, come on, come on, church. How many of y'all was blind one day, but now you can see? How many of y'all thought you had life figured out and all the answers to all the questions, but you realized you was walking around in a fog and a daze in darkness, but now you can see more clearly than you've ever been. You can lay hold of the truth of who God is. Verse 26, but what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? And he's starting to get a little perturbed now. Verse 27, look. Anytime a man looks at you and says, look, <laughs> with an exclamation point, the funny thing is, man, is they're trying to see, but they can't lay hold. Are y'all out there? They can't lay hold. The man exclaimed, I told you once, didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to be his disciples too? I love this guy. High five, fist pump. Verse 28, then they cursed him. That's what religion does. If it can't understand, then it will pronounce a curse over you. And said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. The, the idiocy of the fact that you're a disciple of Moses, but not the God who revealed 
himself to Moses as I am, and now I am the light of the world. See, the difference between you and Moses is Moses could see the light burning in a bush. You know, God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. I believe you guys. You don't know where he is. You don't know where he come from. You don't know why he's here. You don't know what he's doing, how he's doing it, when he's doing it, why he's doing it. You don't know Jack, right? We know God spoke by verse 30. Why, <laughs> the man said, that's very strange. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he came from. I like Bob. Bob is cool. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is, this is the man speaking because they're saying Jesus is a sinner. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Why do his will? Because the time is now when the sent one has us to do the task. Y'all out there? The time is now when the sent one has us doing the task. Verse 32. Ever since the world began, no one's been able to open the eyes of someone blind. Wrong! When the world began, he was there opening the eyes of the blind. Before the world began, he was there speaking a miracle that wouldn't manifest for 4,000 more years. And before the foundation of the world, there was a plan in place when the light of the world would come and shine in the darkness and open up the spiritual eyes for all the world to see. Y'all hear me? <laughs> Ever since the world began, there's not been a man. This man, if this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. I love what he's saying. Verse 34, let's keep rolling. You were born a total sinner, the church says to him. Are you trying to teach, who do you think you are? You can teach us. See, he is becoming, look at me, look at me. He is becoming a disciple. He's having his eyes opened. He's laying a hold of the light. And he now is doing the one thing natural that a disciple does is he begins to look to others and say, let me tell you about the man. Because go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. He's instinctively teaching the system that says he cannot know. Are y'all with me? Because why? Because he has something they don't have, which is the ability to lay hold of the light because he has seen it with his own eyes. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. That doesn't mean get out of here. That means go away. You're never welcome back. Just like his parents feared. Hear, oh, hear me say this now. In order to lay hold of the true light, we may be forced out of of a system of religion. 
in order to lay hold of the light, it may be so abject, abject and against this system that would say it's even wrong to heal a man on the Sabbath day. That, that it throws us up, it vomits us out of its own system of religion. Are y'all there? When Jesus heard that them happen, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the Son of Man? I love this. I love this. Like, this makes me so happy. The man answered, who is he? Who, who is he? I want to believe in Jesus, who is the coolest answer guy ever on anything. You see him. Does that not do something for you? I mean, it's like the blind man, two hours later, couldn't see nothing. Who is this Messiah? You're looking at him. How can I look at him? I did that. Right? Are y'all there? And this is the gospel. Jesus, who opens the eyes of the blind physically, spiritually, and, and the first thing that ought to behold our hearts is that we look at Jesus like we've never seen him before. And it makes us bold as a line that we can stand in the face of religion and say, let me teach you a thing about who Jesus is. Are you all there this morning? Verse 38. Verse 38. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Jesus said, I entered this world to render judgment. Are y'all out there? I entered this world to render judgment. I am separating, look at me, Jesus says, I am separating darkness from light. I'm separating religion from relationship. I'm taking the, the, the false Sabbath and I'm giving you rest in this time. I am, I come to, I take the sheep, the goats from the sheep, the weeds from the harvest. I came to separate and bring judgment. I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. And the Pharisees bowed up and said, you standing nearby, and then they said, you saying we're blind? Jesus says, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. And they kind of, they kind of, okay, okay, calm down. And then he says, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom. Maybe we don't see as clearly as we thought we did. Maybe we need the eyes of our understanding enlightened. As Paul prayed, that you may know the depth and the height and the width and the breadth of the love of God. That, that, that Ephesians 1.17, that, that the Spirit of God would grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Maybe we know a lot about church. Maybe we know a lot about the church system. But maybe we don't see as clearly as we thought we did the Son of Man standing right in front of us. 
we're quick to say that's a sinner and that's a problem and you shouldn't have done this this way and this way and this way and this way and how this and what when we're and we're standing there and, we're, and there's things that we know that we say they're coming out of our mouth. But Proverbs 32 is one of the the wisest scriptures in the Bible. Proverbs 32 30 verse 2 is one of the wisest scriptures in the Bible, and this is what it said: Surely I'm more stupid than any man. How many knew that was in the Bible? Look it up. Surely I'm more ignorant than any man. Maybe there's this position and this posture of humility where we come low unto the light and we say, God, shine your light and reveal who you are. We don't want to know the earthly system of religion. We want to know the light of the world. I want to go back real fast. This is why I'm preaching this. I want to go back real fast to a couple of scriptures, and I'm done. It's only 11.24. We've got plenty of time. Go back to verse 9. Go back to verse, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, go back to verse 6, 5, whatever, 5, 9, 5, 9, 6. While I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Look at me. Before this, he says, while we are here, we must do the works of the one who sent us. Everybody there? Of the one who sent us. Cross Life Church, who is the light of the world? I'm pretty sure, I know I'm half deaf, so I maybe not heard everybody, but let's try it one more time. Cross Life Church, who is the light of the world? Okay, thank you. What is our responsibility as the church? We see in the book of Revelation that our responsibility is to be a lampstand that holds the light up. Jesus said, if, all, if I be lifted up, all men will be drawn unto me. It's our job to draw men to Christ. It's our job to draw men to Jesus. To literally just hold up the light that is the gospel, which is the truth, and allow him to draw men unto him. It's our job to lift up the light. Uh, you are a city on a hill. A light should not be hidden. Remember the little song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Anybody want to join in? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. That's your favorite part. I'm going to let it shine. Look at me. The light was sent to the world. The light is sent. It's the nature of light to shine, to go forth. It is my fear that what we call church has become the bushel that is capsulating the light because we're trying to get the whole world to come inside the bushel rather than exposing the light and letting the light go. Why do you say that, Chester? Right here. We must quickly carry out the task of the, the of assigned to, everybody say us, by the Father who sent, everybody say us. The night is coming, verse 5. The darkness is coming, but while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse 6, then Jesus bent fit on the ground, made mud, put it on the mind, man's eyes, and then he sent him 
He sent him, the sent one sent him to the place of being sent. And it was only when he was sent that he have his eyes restored. I'm here to tell you right now, I think, I firmly believe that there is an area of, of spiritual enlightenment, spiritual wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ we are never going to gain. And there's a, there's a, there will always perpetually be inside of us a certain amount of darkness and blindness until we are obedient to go to be sent ones. What if it's only in doing the will of the Father and the assignment and being sent that we truly have the eyes of our understanding truly opened up? Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so my whole point is cross life church, look at me. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew what he was doing here. Jesus knew who sent him. Jesus knew when his time was. Jesus knew what to do, how to do it, when to do it. He knew he was going to the cross. No man took his life. He laid down his life. He went to the garden and he said, I don't want to do this, but not my will be done. Your will be done. Jesus came to be the light of the world. My question is, you know because if I'm fully convinced of who he is and why he is and what he's doing here and what his assignment is if I'm fully convinced if I know like he knows then how can I live a life perpetually and not shine? Never talk to anybody about Jesus. Never pray for people. Never minister. I come to the bushel. I'm exposed inside this little, I'm exposed inside this, this, this shell of the light that's in here. But I'm not shining out. There is, no, there is no glory coming off my life in the public arena. Are we convinced of who he is? That it turns us into shining everywhere we go. How can we have the light of the world in our hearts but never, ever, ever, ever do anything to show it. Let us worship. I'm wearing this t-shirt today, not because I didn't have any clean clothes. I ordered this t-shirt. How many of you know where this t-shirt came from? Okay, about two or three of you. Go ahead and roll that video for me. There's not going to be any sound. I'm just going to talk while this video. This dude, there's my T-shirt. This is important in Oregon. This is why. Look at that. Hey, start it over. Start it over. Look at, the, look at the sign, the first sign in the background. Abolish police, abolish America. That's Sean Foyt. Look at me. And the video, one eye each place. Sean Foyt is going to where there is darkness. 
He's there in Portland while the rioting is happening. How many of y'all remember Chopped in Seattle? How many remember Chopped? Come on, come on, remember Chopped? He went to Chopped when Chopped was still Chopped. Not the cooking show, the demon stronghold. He's going where there's darkness. He's setting up in a park. He's setting up in a, on a street side. He's setting up on the capital steps of a state building, and he's just worshiping and going after God. Thousands of people are showing up. He was there yesterday helping Michael W. Smith lead worship at the mall in front of 75 to 100,000 people, Sean Foyt. He's been to Chicago. He's been to Kenosha. He's been to Chopped. He's been to Portland. He's been to Seattle. He's saying, where's the darkest place I'm going? Let us worship. He, in California, when it's illegal to sing, he's going from place to place. And singing with thousands of people there. Why? Because I think he's convinced, hear me, that Jesus is the light of the world. Now I say this in love. I think he's more convinced than I am. I think he's more convinced than we are. He's not trying to round the world up to go into a church. You can't do that in California. You can't do that in these metropolitan cities. But does it stop the church? Or does the church say, you know what? Let's go. So people are there, sent by God, and they're ministering, and they're sharing the gospel, and people getting baptized and healed and saved, and they were in Siloam Springs about a month ago. My, my family was just up there, and we took pictures in front of this, in front of this little waterfall, and we were standing by this fountain, and then, uh, then, and then three or four weeks later, or three or four months later, he's baptizing people in that fountain we were standing at because he had worship in the city, and he's just going wherever, and he's just worshiping, and he's letting the light shine. Real fast, Andrew's going to run up here. Put up the picture of Andrew with some dudes. Andrew and Haley with some people. That's Andrew and that's Haley. And then I don't know who that lady is. But this is a guy named Titus, right? Titus. How many of y'all went to Andrew? And Andrew? Their wedding, Andrew. <laughs> Haley and Andrew's wedding. How many went to Andrew and Haley's wedding? There was this dude that could bust a move and he could dance real fly. His name was Titus. How many remember Titus the dancing dude? Okay. Okay, never mind, never mind. Okay, anyway, but, but this is Titus. I want him to tell you some stories about Titus. You saw him last week, right? Yeah. yeah. Tell, us, tell us about Titus. Uh, Titus is uh, one of the people in my life that uh, it's just kind of one of those crazy kingdom-type friendships where uh, I've been in his life for a few years, and um, I've always seen him as somebody who's just very bold in obedience, um, it, extremely bold in obedience, like scary bold in obedience to where I mean, like, he would just, like, say, stop the car. Like, on, you're like, what? And he's like, they need to hear about Jesus. Like, that's the type of guy he was. And so uh, he, he, um, he's he been kind of uh, in this vein, you know, in Dallas, upper room, kind of in this vein, seeing, just obeying the Lord. And um, he woke up 
just really with his heart broken for what was going on, the riots, and he asked God, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to, how am I supposed to, you know, be a part of this? Like, like, like I know, like, my heart burns for what's going on in this, in our country. Like, I want to go be a part of it. And he said, go, and uh, go evangelize. And he, he posts on Facebook, hey, uh, does anybody know how much or a room I can stay in over in Portland is where he went. And, and uh, somebody, within 24 hours, someone had given him $500 airline gift card. Somebody had given him a few hundred dollars for this and that. And he was there the next day in Portland. No idea that Sean was doing this worship or anything. And he gets there and he starts evangelizing. And, uh, you know, they're, they're shouting Black Lives Matter. And he's like, yes, also, Jesus loves you. Like, he's just in the face of people with bullhorns. Like, uh, there, it, there were riots in Dallas, and there were these dudes in these weird, creepy outfits that were, like, chanting. And he's just like, yeah, we love you, Jesus, in the middle of the area. So um, it's, it's been amazing to see how bold he is. Um, but he gets there, and he has a divine appointment after divine appointment after divine appointment to where he is at the Sean Foyt worship and um, he gets there, and um, basically he became on the team, like just by being, just by being available. Like one day he was in his room praying, God, what am I, what am I supposed to do right now? Because my heart burns for what's going on. And he said, Go. And so he goes, and he he just finished this week touring with uh, every every day he's been touring with them, 100 percent by faith. Um, like he, uh, people are just pu- pulling, pulling up, rolling down their window, and be like, "God told me to give a hundred dollars to somebody today, and it's you." And like that's everything he's doing is by faith, just trusting God. But he's been able to be firsthand. I don't know if it was like he's been he's been firsthand like sharing the gospel with a ton of people. They've seen healings. They've seen baptism. They've seen um, they've seen just a lot of people give their life to the Lord. So it's amazing to to see. Throw another picture up there. Sean, or, that's Sean Foyt leading worship in Portland, I believe. And on the hill back there is Titus. This is their friend who was in Dallas. They're just sitting there saying, God, what do you want me to do? And, and God says, go. Hey, look at me, everybody. If you're in your room and you're praying and you say, God, what do you want me to do? Let me, let me tell you what the answer is. Go. Maybe not to Seattle. Maybe it's across the street. Maybe it's to the coffee shop. Maybe it's to pick up the phone and call somebody you, that you've been thinking about. Listen, what's, uh, one more. This is him. The men are just, they're just outside, just worshiping God. That's him standing there. Maybe, well, Chester, I'm not an evangelist. You, look at me. I'm not an evangelist. You might say I'm not an evangelist. And that's what we have created, the Great Commission. Everybody thinks it means go be an evangelist. You know what it means? Go let the light of God shine through you. Be real, be authentic. Pray for people. I picked up a, a guy walking down the street with, with no doors on the Jeep. They just, I just say, hop in. Where you need to go? We're, 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 we're going. How can I pray for you? That's not in your face. Do you know if you died today where you would go? It's called letting the light of God shine. There's nobody in this room that can't do the little things. Amen?
praying for people, talking to them about God, talking to them at work, let, uh, 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 letting the light shine, okay? So, primarily, look at me, two things and we're done. Primarily, I am begging you to have the revelation of the I am the light of the world where it bothers you not to let the light of God shine. That in out in public with people that you are that you are talking to people about God, that you are that you are praying for people, that you are that, that you are prophesying and having words of wisdom and words of knowledge, that you are doing the gospel out loud in real life. Hide it under a bushel. Everybody was like, no. Now you're like, hmm. No, do not hide the light of God inside of you. Second thing, October 18th, we have secured the courthouse. I met with another pastor in town, and we're going to go to the courthouse October 18th at about 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening. We've already got the city on board to shut down the street. We're going to set up a sound system, and we're going to worship God. We're going to have a t- prayer tent set up to pray for people, but we're going to worship God. Look at me. Why? I don't know how much authority I have in the nation. I don't know how much authority we have in the nation. I do know God's given us authority in Eldorado, Arkansas. So what are we going to do? Well, where's the darkness? In the same spot where people are yelling at each other and cursing one another, we're going to go, and Melissa's going to take a flag, and she's going to worship God, and you're going to take a flag, and you're going to worship God, and we're going to sing, and we're going to lift our hands, and we're going to pray for people, and we're going to love on one another, and we're going to start being the light of the world. October 18th, we've already got uh, it all reserved, all booked up. We're going to do it that night. As a church, we're going to do it. Look at me. You are the church. You doing this in your daily life is what's got to happen. You You living your faith out loud is what's got to happen. Okay? You have the light of the world inside of you. Stand up on your feet. It's my prayer that a, that a few of you are the Tituses. I hope God calls Mark Day and like, Mark, fly to Uganda. Look for a man riding a donkey. I mean, it would thrill my heart. I really do hope that we so embrace the who, what, why, where, when, how of God that God privileges us as being a place where we can send rays of light all over the world. (laughs) Amen? But here's what I do know for a fact. It's all of our responsibility to do it right here in Elevator, Arkansas. Amen? It's all of our responsibility to do it right here. Let us worship in Elevator, Arkansas. Let us be the light of the world 
Let us, let, us, let us show forth the light of the world right here at home. So here's what I'm asking you to do is pray this prayer. I'm asking you to close your eyes, just lift your hands, and pray a simple prayer with me. Jesus, I will be your lampstand. Use me to shine forth your light. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I believe. Last thing. I believe you're going to have more wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God than you've ever had when you begin to be sent. I believe that the Scripture teaches us that signs and wonders follow those that believe. Follow the sent ones. My challenge to you is to be like Jesus. Let your light shine. Let his light shine. We hope that this message from Cross Life Church was a blessing and encouragement to you. If we can pray for you or help in any way, please let us know by reaching out to us at www.crosslifechurcheldo.com. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.